Good morning, dear friends. Welcome to the summer opening of Plum Village. This is uh, the 30th uh, summer opening of Plum Village. Plum Village has, uh, is 30 years old, 30 years young. And uh, I am so happy to see many of you coming to this uh, summer opening. I'm very happy to see many children with us. This year we had a 21-day retreat for scientists. There was no children. And we had a French-speaking uh, retreat. There was no children. So this is a, a very different uh, retreat. We have many children. There will be Dharma talks for children and young people. We shall, be, we shall begin today with uh, chanting. And everyone is invited to participate in the practice of listening. <coughs> The monastics are going to chant the name of uh, Avalokiteshvara, the name of uh, a person who knows how to listen to the suffering within, with, within himself and uh, the suffering in the world. And this is a very deep practice. If you know how to go back to yourself, and listen to the suffering inside, you can get enlightenment. Understanding and compassion will arise from that kind of practice. You understand your suffering. You understand the suffering of your father, your mother, your ancestors. You understand the suffering of your people, your country. You understand the suffering of uh, the earth, of our society. And understanding like that uh, will help uh, love and compassion to arise. And when uh, compassion arises, you suffer less right away. There is a transformation and healing taking place when compassion is born in your heart. And now you can look at the other person with uh, compassion. You don't suffer anymore when you look at him or her because uh, you can see the suffering in that person. You don't blame. You are not angry at him or her anymore. Because uh, in your heart there is already compassion. So instead of uh, trying to punish him, you, you have the intention to do something or to say something to help uh, the other person suffer less. And you can uh, listen to that person with compassion. 
we can say things that can help him suffer less, that can make her suffer less. You can do many wonderful things like that, just because you are able to understand your own suffering. And understanding your own suffering, you can understand the suffering of the other person much more easily. So Avalokita is uh, the kind of bodhisattva that is specialized on listening. First he goes back to himself and listens to the suffering inside of him. And when listening to the suffering inside, he can understand the suffering of his uh, parents, his uh, ancestors, and at the same time he can understand the suffering of other people in society. And this is a very important practice because many of us do not want to listen to our own suffering. That is why we do not have a chance. So chanting today, chanting is uh, to chant and to touch the suffering inside so that you can allow compassion to arise, so that you can understand the suffering of the world, of your parents, of your ancestors. When the monastics uh, sent the name Avalokiteshvara for the first time, they go back to themselves and try to touch the suffering inside, inside of them. And when they sing the send the name for the second time, they become aware of the suffering of the people around them. <coughs> And when they sing, they send it for the third time, they get in touch with the suffering in the world. <clears throat> there are many spots in the world where sub- people suffer very deeply. Not only because of war, because of separation, of uh, natural catastrophes, but uh, they suffer also for social injustice for suppression, for violence, because of violence and so on. And they suffer from difficult relationship and so on. So the practice of listening to the suffering is is to give a chance for compassion to arise. And when compassion arises, you feel better suffer less. And it can happen very quickly. That is uh, the practice of uh, mindfulness of suffering. You are mindful of your own suffering. You are mindful of the suffering of the other person. You are mindful of the suffering of the world. Mindfulness of suffering will bring compassion and understanding. So when we sit and listen, we can do very much the same. We don't have to send along. We follow our in-breath and out-breath, and we go back to ourselves. We are not afraid of being in touch with the suffering inside. We allow ourselves to embrace our own suffering. 
Oh my dear uh, pain, my dear suffering, my dear sorrow, I know you are there. I'm not running away from you anymore. I'm back to recognize you and to embrace you like to embrace a baby. That is what we practice. We go home and allow ourselves to be embraced, allow our suffering to be embraced by ourselves. We take care of ourselves. And then when we hear the sending for the second time, we are aware that people around us, they have suffering also. So we have sympathy. We can communicate with them. And then uh, when we hear the, send, the sending for the third time, we know that in the world people suffer very much. And we want to, to be in communication with them. We want to be something, uh, to do something in order to help the world to suffer less. And uh, the practice is to allow ourselves to be here, not to be uh, <coughs> um, taken away, pulled away by our thinking. Because if uh, we sit there thinking, our thinking will bring us elsewhere. And that is why it's very important to stop the thinking. Just to focus our attention on the shanting. And you are with the shanting. You are breathing in, breathing out, and you, you stay with the shanting. So there is only the breathing in, breathing out, and the shanting. And our mind can stop thinking. We just feel the energy, the collective energy of the Sangha, the energy of mindfulness, the energy of compassion generated by the shanting. And we allow our body to be relaxed, to be open so that the collective energy of the Sangha can penetrate into our body. This is very important. Not to think just to feel, open our body and allow the energy of mindfulness and compassion to penetrate into our body. And we can do that. And if we can do that, then a few minutes later, there will be a change. Our, our tension, the tension in our body, the pain in our body, you go away. Because it allowed our body and our mind to be embraced by the collective energy of mindfulness, of uh, compassion generated by the sentient. Sentient <coughs> It's not exactly to pray, no. Sending is to touch the suffering, to allow compassion and understanding to arise. And when we do that together, the collective energy of compassion and mindfulness will be great, 
And if we sit there, allow ourselves to be embraced by that energy, we will suffer less in a few minutes. There is tension and pain in our body. And if we allow our body to be embraced by the energy of mindfulness and compassion, we can release the tension and reduce the pain very easily in just a few minutes. And we will feel much better after a few minutes of listening. Listening, feeling, and not thinking. And if we have some pain and sorrow or anger or fear in our heart, try to open our heart so that the energy of the Sangha can penetrate into our heart. Don't keep it for yourself. Open and allow the energy of Sangha to penetrate and to help embrace the pain, the sorrow, the fear, the anger in you. Dear Sangha, I am here. I have uh, pain, suffering, fear, and despair in me. Please help embrace these blocks of pain in me. I entrust myself to the Sangha. So if you can open your heart and allow the energy of the Sangha to penetrate and embrace your pain and your sorrow, you will feel better after a few minutes of listening. This is the problem of energy. The energy of suffering, of fear, of anger is being embraced by the energy of mindfulness and compassion. And transformation can happen if you allowed your suffering, your fear, your anger to be embraced by the Sangha. Transformation and healing is possible during the time of the practice. And if we have someone very close to us back home who could not come to who cannot come to the retreat and that person suffers deeply, we can very well send this energy to him or to her right here and right now. We just uh, think of that person or call his or her name silently in your mind. And then this energy generated by the practice will be channeled to that person right this morning. And at home, that person may feel uh, better. Avalokita Teshvara is a person who knows how to listen to the suffering inside and outside. And he got transformation and healing because of that practice. <coughs> so we are going to practice like him, the Bodhisattva of deep listening, the Bodhisattva of compassionate listening. And we feel that uh, the Bodhisattva in us is not outside of us. It is in us. He is in us. Because we too, we have the capacity to listen to our own suffering and the suffering of the world. So let us sit uh, relaxingly and practice uh, listening to the chanting.
Good morning, dear Sangha. Today is uh, the 7th of July. Correct? The year 2012, and we are in the Assembly of Stars Meditation Hall of Lower Hamlet. When I was uh, a young boy, people told me about uh, the Buddha. And I hear a lot of stories about the Buddha. I was told that uh, when the Buddha, baby Buddha was born, the first thing he did is uh, to make steps, seven steps. I asked the question, how can a baby just born can walk and make seven steps? Everybody, everyone said that, well, when the baby Buddha was born, he made seven steps before he lie down <laughs> and cry. <laughs> that is one story I hear, I heard. <clears throat> And uh, the second story I heard is that uh, when uh, when the baby uh, Shilapa was brought into a temple, by his uh, by his. Uh, Mother, because uh, the Siddhartha, after his birth, uh, Mahamaya died. So uh, the younger sister of the of uh, Siddhartha's mother took care of uh, the child and became the mother. Prajapati. When Prajapati brought him to a shrine. And then all the all the deities in the shrine stand up, stood up, uh, in reverence to the baby Buddha. That is the second story I hear. I didn't believe too much, but uh, these stories are trying to tell us something. There is something behind the story. And then the third story I read in the Avatamsaka Sutra. The Bodhisattva Mandrusri had many disciples. And one of his disciples is a very young man called Sudana. He's about 12 years old. So uh, Sudana was uh, sent by his teacher to study with to study with many teachers, and um, and uh, there was one teacher 
who told him that he has to look for the mother of the Buddha. And the mother of Buddha can, can teach him a lot. The, 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 the mother of Buddha, her name is Mahamaya. Maya means uh, illusion, something that is so beautiful that you don't believe it to be true. It's like an illusion, great illusion. <coughs> and <coughs> and uh, the young man was trying to look for Mahamaya because he had been told that he can learn a lot from from her. He tried to look for her, but uh, it was impossible to, to find her. And then one day someone said, Grau, you cannot find Mahamaya just going around. You have to sit down <laughs> and breathe <laughs> and concentrate. And you have more chance to meet uh, Mahamaya. And then the young man sat down and concentrated on his in-breath and out-breath. And suddenly he saw a huge lotus flower springing up from the earth. One thousand petals lotus flower. And suddenly he saw himself sitting in one of these petals. And he looked back and he saw that this petal is transformed into a whole lotus flower. And when he looked up, he saw Lady Mahamaya sitting on another petal of the flower. And that petal becomes also a full lotus flower. Now this story you can still see in the you can still read in the sutra called Avatamsaka, flower ornament. So they share the same flower and each of them is sitting on a full flower. And he was so happy to see uh, Lady Mahamaya, the mother of the Buddha, sitting on the other petal of the lotus. So he joined his palm and bowed to her. And he told her that he had been looking for her and he would like to receive some teaching from her, the mother of the Buddha. And Lady Mahamaya told him about the time she got pregnant of Siddhartha. She said that, uh, she said, young man, do you know something? I was so happy 
when I conceived the Shidatta in my in my womb. I cannot describe to you how happy I was at that moment. How can you describe to people the happiness of someone who has a Buddha in him or in her? You carry a Buddha inside of you. You are a mother of a Buddha. You are a father of a Buddha. The happiness should be very great. I was uh, enjoying that kind of happiness of having Siddhartha in my womb. Suddenly I saw a lot of bodhisattvas coming from many directions. They were all friends of Siddhartha, my son. They wanted to go in me to make sure that my son is comfortable inside. And before I can say yes, they just penetrate into my body. And I can felt, I could felt the presence in my womb. There is a lot of space inside of me. And I have this impression that if there were millions of bodhisattvas more who want to go in in order to pay a visit to Siddhartha, my son, there's still space in myself. And Mahamaya was telling the young man about her conception of Siddhartha. That story can give us a lot of uh, insight. The feeling that uh, you are large, you contain multitudes. Not only you have a place for a Buddha inside, but you can have a place for millions and millions of Buddhas and Bodhisattvas. You have a plenty of space. It means you have a lot of freedom. A person who is happy is a person who has a lot of space inside of him, around, inside of her, and around him, around her. And that is the feeling of Mahamaya. She had a lot of space, not only outside, but in, also inside. Without freedom, without space, one person cannot be happy. And how? what to do in order to have a lot of space in your heart and around you. The kind of love taught by the Buddha is the kind of love that has no frontier. That love can embrace many, many living beings and not just one one living being. Like the womb of uh, Mahamaya has 
place for a lot of Buddhas and Bodhisattvas. Young man, do you know something? She continued. Do you know that I am the mother of all Buddhas in the past? Do you know that I am the mother of all Buddhas in the present? Do you know that I am the Buddha, all Buddhas in the future? I am the mother of all Buddhas. Like when I meditated on that uh, chapter in the Avatamsaka, I found that every one of us can be like uh, Lady Mahamaya. If we have enough space in us, and we can be the father of all Buddhas and the mother of all Buddhas. If we have enough freedom, if we have enough space in ourselves, we can allow, we can offer space to other people. Because without space, without freedom, happiness, true happiness is not possible. So our practice should be able to get us more freedom, more space in our heart and in our daily life. And how? Sudhana was instructed that if she wants to meet the mother Buddha, he should not go around searching, he should sit down, go back to himself and practice mindful breathing. And that is a good beginning. And we do the same. We begin by the practice of mindful breathing to bring our mind home to our body, to be truly there in the here and the now, and to look at our situation and to know how to bring to us a lot of space so that each day of our life can be full of happiness and love. money to offer. We have uh, food, shelter, and, and medicine to offer. But can we offer freedom? We know that without freedom, happiness is not possible. So offering people freedom is uh, Freedom is, kind, is uh, the greatest kind of gift. But if we do not have freedom, how can we offer freedom? We should have freedom first for ourselves.
I imagine that uh, because uh, Shidakta, before he was uh, born, he was, was reborn on this planet Earth. He had spent some time in a kind of heaven called Tushita. Doshukda, Tushita heaven. And waiting for the time to be reborn on earth as a human being and to become a Buddha on this planet earth. So he must be very eager to go down here to be born as a human being, not a god anymore. Uh, The gods in Buddhism Although they can live very long, but uh, they have to die and to be reborn also. And the Buddha is uh, described as teachers of gods and men. There are many heavens. And although people enjoy living in these uh, heavens, they have a chance to be reborn on this uh, planet Earth. And Siddhartha, before he was reborn on our planet, he stayed in Tushita heaven. And he must have missed the earth very much. I imagine he's telling his friends, the other God, that if I were reborn in the planet earth, the first thing I would like to do is to walk. I miss the earth. I miss uh, walking on earth. And the other friends of his said, how can a baby just born walk? You have to wait until you grow up into a little boy in order to begin walking. <laughs> but Siddhartha liked to be walking on earth so much that he said, well, please help me. I want the first thing I would do on earth is to make a few steps, at least seven. <laughs> so his, uh, his friends try to help him. Uh, we'll come on the moment of your, your birth and we we'll support you. We will help you with your energy so that even if you are newly born, you can make seven steps on, this plan, uh, on the planet Earth. So when Siddhartha was born, although he was still a baby, uh, he made seven steps. And this means something. It means that uh, to be alive on this planet and to be making steps on this planet is a miracle. Suppose you are born this morning. All of us are born this morning in the lower hamlet <laughs> of Plum Village, this very moment. What do we want to do now? We want to, to enjoy this planet Earth. We enjoy making steps on this 
beautiful planet. It's not difficult to realize that uh, the planet Earth is the most beautiful thing around. And we we have been born on this planet. And the first thing we could do after we are born is to enjoy making a few steps. So this morning we shall do walking meditation together and savor every step that you make. At least seven. And you are welcome to continue. You can enjoy the eighth, the ninth, and so on. A walking meditation is a wonderful practice. You enjoy yourself. You know that you have a body. Your body is a wonder. And when you breathe in, mindfully, you become aware of your body. You are born on this planet. You have a body. And that is already an insight. Many of us do not Remember that we have a body. We spend three hours with our computer and we forget completely that we have a body. The brothers and sisters in Plum Village, they program a bell of mindfulness in their computer. And every 15 minutes, the bell is invited so that they will remember that they have a body. They stop working and they go back to their in-breath. They breathe in mindfully and they remember that they have a body. Breathing in, I have a body. Breathing out, I enjoy my body. So when you breathe in mindfully, you become aware of your body. You bring your mind home to your body. And when mind and body are together, you are truly there in the here and the now, alike. And that takes only a few seconds. Because uh, breathing in, you need only a few seconds. Three, four. And during that time, you become alive. Again, because you know that you have a body and you are bringing your mind home to your body. This is very simple. Everyone can, can do. Breathing in, you make your mind and your body into one. And you produce your true presence in the here and the now, just in three seconds or four. And when you breathe out, you may enjoy making a step I know that I'm 
alive and making a step on this beautiful planet Earth. And happiness can come right away to be alive, to be born on this planet, to be alive and to be making steps on this planet like a Buddha. That's a joy. You don't need more conditions in order to to be happy. You have enough conditions of happiness. You have been born here. You have a body. You can breathe in. And you have feet that are strong enough to make steps. And you do it for the Buddha. And you, did, you do it for your father, your mother, your ancestors. And that is walking meditation, to enjoy every step. Every step is healing. Every step is nourishing. Every step is generating joy and happiness. We don't need power. We don't need fame. We don't need money. We only need mindfulness. Mindfulness allowed us to see things. We see that we are here and now. We see that we have a body. We see that we can breathe in and out. We see that we can get in touch with this planet Earth, all the wonders of life. And if we walk like that, if we enjoy every step, and then all our ancestors in us enjoy that step together. Our blood ancestors and our spiritual ancestors also enjoy making the step with us because all of our ancestors are still alive in us. And we are a continuation of our ancestors. So that is how I understand the story at all about the Buddhas making the first seven steps. And during the time we walk like that, we do not have to make any special effort. It's not hard work. You just enjoy. Enjoy making steps. <clears throat> you make use of your in-breath, out-breath. You make use of your lungs. You make good use of your feet. And you just enjoy walking. You don't need anything else to be happy. Just be yourself. and Just enjoy every step. And you have freedom. You are free from your worries and your fear concerning the future. You are free from your regret and sorrow concerning the past. Because every step you make like that sets you free. And freedom is the foundation of our happiness. And that is a miracle of mindfulness. Mindfulness, the practice of mindful walking. And while you are making the first step, the second step in mindfulness, you generate the energy of mindfulness and joy. 
and other people around you, they are doing the same. They are making steps mindfully. joyfully and we create together a collective energy of joy and mindfulness. And when we come to Plum Village, we have a chance to offer our energy of mindfulness, of peace, of joy. We, can, we do not come to get something, we come to offer. Because if we know how to practice mindful breathing, mindful walking, we contribute to making the wholesome collective energy of mindfulness, of peace, of joy. And everyone will profit from that collective energy of peace and joy and mindfulness especially the children. They don't understand much of the theory of uh, the teaching, but they can feel the energy of peace and joy and togetherness that we generate while we work together, we sit together. And they are nourished by, by that. Dear friends, you are my mm, mm, co-practitioners. Where you are, you stay in the upper hamlet, or lower hamlet, or new hamlet. You do the same. This is our. This is a time of happiness. We have a chance to practice together. We don't need to hurry. When we go from our tent to the kitchen, uh, to the bathroom, uh, to the meditation hall, why don't we enjoy walking like the Buddha? Why do we have to hurry? We arrive with each step in the here and the now. Every step can generate peace and joy and mindfulness. We arrive with every step. And let us uh, do that together. We are not in a hurry. We can make every step pleasant, nourishing, healing. We don't need to arrive at the meditation hall in order to practice, no. Walking from your tent to the meditation hall. Every step is already meditation. Every step can bring mindfulness, concentration, <clears throat> insight, happiness, joy, healing, nourishment. And together we generate the collective energy of mindfulness and joy that can be very nourishing and healing for every one of us.
So, <clears throat> so, plum flesh is pleasant or not, nourishing or not, healing or not, depends on all of us. And that's a kind of do much. A teacher should be on, is also a practitioner. And the teaching is simple enough. The practice is uh, simple enough. And the practice can be joyful, pleasant. It is not a means for an end. It is the end by itself. Making a step is not a means to arrive to it anywhere. Making a step is to arrive at the destination life, here and now. So if we are to stay seven days or fourteen days in Plum Village, we should make good use of every moment being in Plum Village. The first thing I recommend is that we enjoy every step. We prove that we are free. Maybe we have the habit of running. Transmitted to us by many generations of ancestors. We even run during our sleep. Running to find, to look for something. But according to this teaching and practice, you don't have to run. Everything you are looking for is already there in the here and the now. If you know how to make use of your body, your breath, your feet, your lungs, your mindfulness, and then each moment can be a moment of peace, a moment of joy, a moment of wonder. When you look at one person walking, you can see the degree of freedom that person has in him or in her. Just look at that person walking. You see how free she is, how relaxed she is. (coughs) And she is uh, contributing her peace, her joy, her mindfulness to the Sangha. I don't need to wait until the time of walking meditation in order to practice walking meditation. Every step can generate the energy of mindfulness, concentration, insight, peace, happiness. And if uh, the habit energy of running come back, the sight of other people walking mindfully, relaxingly, will help us to go back to our practice. So the, the existence of a brother or a sister in that, in that practice is a kind of bell of mindfulness and help, help you to recognize the energy of running, the, the energy of habit of running, 
and be aware of that. We stop running and we relax and we enjoy our steps. And we support each other. Right in the first day we can do that. Freedom and joy and happiness and healing is possible with every step, with every breath. We don't look for healing, for nourishment, for liberation in the future. Because we know that every breath, every step can be healing, can be nourishing. And we find the healing and the nourishment right in every step, every breath. I have confidence. And uh, sitting, we also enjoy sitting because every moment of sitting can be healing, can be uh, nourishing. And the bell is always there for us every time we hear the bell. That is the voice of the Buddha calling us home to ourselves and enjoy this present moment, which is a wonder. fact that we can arrange so that we can come to Plum Ridge and practice together like this is already a great happiness. And uh, we shall be learning and practicing together. And we shall be offering the energy of mindfulness, concentration, insight, and peace and happiness by practicing together. When we, uh, when we, when we walk together. <coughs> We allow the, the energy of the whole group to carry us. We go like a river. Don't stay as a drop of water. Become a river. And allow the collective energy of mindfulness and peace to embrace us, to carry us. In that way, we feel light. Be a river, not a single drop of water. While sitting, while walking, that is our practice. <coughs> while sitting, while Walking, we focus our attention on the feeling, 
that we get. The feeling in our body, the feeling in our uh, uh, environment. During sitting, we get in touch with our in-breath and out-breath. We are in touch with our body. We are in touch with our environment. Many of these elements are favorable to our uh, peace and happiness. When we walk, we allow ourselves to be in touch with uh, the ground with what is around. We feel the contact between our feet and the ground. We touch uh, the Bodhisattva Mother Earth. Aware that this uh, planet is uh, so beautiful. In the moon, on on the moon, there is no grass, no flower yet. But down here, there are so many beautiful trees and grass and flowers and birds. The kingdom of God is here on earth. That's what I see. The pure land of the Buddha is here on earth. And during walking, we should be able to be in touch. The kingdom is now or never. And you don't have to die in order to go to the kingdom. In fact, you have to be very alive. And in order to be alive, mindful breathing helps a lot. Breathing in, I know I'm alive. I'm here and now. And with that kind of insight, you enter the kingdom just by oneself and enjoy. I don't want to go out again because the thinking will bring us out of the kingdom. So no thinking, just feeling. And that is very nourishing. And when we allow ourselves to be embraced by the collective energy, the the healing takes place very quickly. That is what we call taking refuge in the Sangha, trusting the Sangha. Allow yourself to be embraced and transported by the Sangha. So that is what we, we do while we walk together. <coughs> I have arrived. I'm home. I don't have to run anymore. I'm solid, I'm free. I'm solid because I'm, I do not allow myself to be carried away by the past or by the future. I'm free because I am able to be in the here and the now, to be in touch with the wonders of life, beginning with my body. 